My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And my name is James. And how are and you? This is where we talk all things Star Wars. I'm fine, James. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a little been, been a little too long. But been been really busy lately. But uh, yeah, glad to be here though. Glad to finally life jump yeah. back on. Yeah, a lot. Of, <laughs> last week I was last week was very very busy, and um, then the weekend I was very busy. So I had a little time today. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, been pretty busy on my side as well. But uh, lots of stories have dropped. Um, Mac over here says, whoa, we get a late night stream. So yeah, we are <laughs> coming at you kind of late here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's actually about to uh, go away. I'm probably going to shave it off um, either tonight or tomorrow. So this is yeah, so uh, you'll see it. Maka says James Beard game crazy. Yeah, James has a huge beard right now. You you actually need to go into like a central casting list for, with guys with beards. And I think I, you get a lot of jobs. I tried. Uh, they're all booked up for February, but I'm going to try in March to uh, to do central casting. But I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of tired of the beard. So I'm thinking I'm just going to get rid of it. I don't know. It, a lot happens. But I always tell people with great beard comes great responsibility. <laughs> I knew that was coming. But but um yeah, it, it's just yeah. I used to grow out a beard right before a Star Wars movie came out and I called it my Jedi beard. And uh, Oh yeah, I remember you said that. Yeah. yeah. And right now it's I forget what the there's like a shirt that has the levels of like where the uh um like what type of beard you have. And I think I'm at Civil War length beard is where i'm at right now all the way down your belly button apparently is god uh godlike beard and i'm not yeah, i'm not god mode yeah god mode yeah. um but yeah so thank you thank you very much <laughs> that we could talk about my beard all right let's uh let's get into some star wars stuff well before that i want to thank some people here uh mac of oh, course yes. he's a he's a he's a great patron he supports us uh pizza kid is in the chat so Ooh. yo right back at you um and of course, uh, we have a bunch of patrons that support the show. And here are their names if you're watching us on a video here. On the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, and Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, who's in the chat right now, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and Liam McCallion. Thank you so much for supporting yes. our little podcast here. And, uh, yeah, straight to the news here. So, everyone's been talking about this, and we've been talking about it for months. Humble brag, but <laughs> Star Wars films, or maybe a film, it's possible that maybe just a film. Hey, look who decided to stop by. It's Maddie B. How, hey, Maddie B. Oh, can you hear us? He can't hear us. <laughs> oh, he hear us. <laughs> so, anyways, like I was saying, so the big story that's going around right now is the fact that. A new film or films will be probably announced, and I think the Trades Variety Hollywood Reporter ran with the news that a new Star Wars film is going to be 
announced. So I'm totally expecting it to be Damon Lindelof's film. I'm totally expecting for Colin, myself, and Josh to see him in London roll across the stage and announce his new film. And I think the uh, going story right now is if this film does well, they'll possibly do a trilogy. If there's great audience reception, great box office, all that stuff, we're going to get essentially a trilogy because that's how Disney makes their money really on Star Wars more so than just Disney Plus subscriptions because we all know that last month they took like a 2 million subscriber hit. But of course, with The Mandalorian premiering in like a week and a half here, March 1st, we'll probably see uh, an uptick. Those people might come back. So, hmm. Your thoughts, so, James? So you really think we're going to... Hmm. It's wild to think. Because I've been kind of saying we're not going to get any announcement uh at celebration <laughs> uh that's been kind of my thing is just lately past few celebrations what they've announced were things that we knew were going to happen um so like we already knew ahsoka was coming out so of course they're gonna have an ahsoka panel you know like you know what i mean so w- with this it's like okay are they are we really really gonna get some good news here with with this new Star Wars movie, or is it going to be one of those things or after celebration, they're like, Oh, by the way, we're going to be doing a, um, you know, here's the movie. Here's all the information about the movie. You think David, they're actually going to do it at Star Wars celebration. Yeah. I think it's the time to do something like this. It's going to be celebration. They're going to want to make a splash. Um, what else are they going to talk about that? We don't already know about and have not already seen stuff of. Hopefully we get footage from Ahsoka. Hopefully we get footage from Skeleton Key or Skeleton Crew. Um, so Stephen King. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's the proper right time for them to announce movies because Disney acquired Lucasfilm to essentially make money to to really put out films, and of course with the pandemic hitting, that threw a kink and stuff. And Bob Iger had a little bit of foresight, ramping up Disney Plus streaming. So it's it feels like it's going to be the time. And it's there's other stories out there that report that Lindelof had like a secret writer's room started as early as last year, June, July, right after Celebration. And according to all those like rumors and kind of hearsay from sources and insiders in Hollywood, it seems like this thing has been underway for a while. And me being the Damon Lindelof fan that I am, it feels like he's already had an idea because once his career got started with J.J. Abrams at Bad Robot doing Lost, and then once he started having success and started getting jobs, he probably started the, the wheels turning for for a feature film slash trilogy for Star Wars. So he's probably got a nice framework. I know he had the big writer's room. He had a massive writer's room for for the Watchmen TV show. That was spectacular. And I think he's brought in some of those writers. And then we spoke about on Patreon Daily, me and General Kenobi, about uh, the possibility that uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is possibly going to be the lead in this new Damon Lindelof-produced film. So all these factors, all these stories, it, it just feels like it's it's primed for us to get a big film announcement because star Wars sweet spot, I think is film. And I think for them, like I said before, for them to start making money 
bringing in revenue, cashing in on on what they bought, even though the Force Awakens essentially made all their money back, and then some. I think with the with the box office and then the merchandise and home video and all that stuff. I think it's. And then on top of that, Iger's back. So Bob Iger, this is his acquisition, Lucasfilm. And he, I think he has a soft spot for it. And I think his he gave the mandate for Kathleen Kennedy, hey, look, we need to start doing these films. And a little known fact, I think, with Damon Lindelof, he um, actually, I'm trying to think back to that story. So JJ, I know JJ, really really endorses Damon Lindelof and I think JJ and Kathleen Kennedy have a great relationship still and I think JJ is maybe one of the maybe like advocates one of the people one of the Kathleen Kennedy's confidants she probably asked him hey who should I pick to to usher in the next kind of wave of Star Wars films and I think he probably mentioned Damon Lindelof and I've talked about his origin story with JJ so many times on the podcast before, but it's a, he's, he's a huge fan. He's a huge star Wars fan. So I'm really looking forward to what happens. So Maddie B, I have a question for you. Tell us up. Thank, thank you for joining us, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you. Do you want to see a brand new trilogy from Damon Lindelof? Or do you want to see the continuation of 10, 11, 12 of the quote-unquote Skywalker saga. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I'm torn because part of the things that I didn't like about the last trilogy that I've been outspoken about publicly, I would look like a hypocrite if I gave one answer or the other. So... <laughs> um, I actually, I'm. I think we're ready for new Star Wars stories. I don't know that Disney's budget is, and I know that at some point you're going to be taking a pretty big risk. It's very clear that um, Disney needs Star Wars on the slate in the cinema. Mm. It's a big part of how they make money. It's 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 very important, and so now then you have to get to the question of. Uh, do we start something new and take that risk and everyone hates it? Or do we continue the story that we already know a lot of people don't like? And I would say, let's definitely keep it in the timeline. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. Um, we, we have stories, relationships built and people our age aren't the only people watching these stories. There's kids who may have seen these movies for the first time who are building love with characters like Ray and like Poe and some of these other um, you know, figures in the, the Star Wars universe. And so I think if you're Disney and if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to just want them to keep the storyline going. Because even if you don't like the new stuff that they're coming out with, if as long as they keep it in the same timeline, there might be whispers and calls back to things that you did love uh, about Star Wars. And so I think it, it's better for everybody that we continue the, the, the trilogy. And plus, you know, 
they just built this two billion dollar park here at Disneyland and Disney World. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like if, if you're gonna do a whole new trilogy, you're got in a yeah. whole new story. That that timeline and everything you've built, everything you've established, is gone. I mean, yeah, people can still go and they can still experience some Lightning Falcon, still experience the First Order and all that other stuff. But if you just introduce a whole new timeline, and I don't know, it's, it's like it's like you said is. Is Disney though? How I don't know how you worded it really well. Like, is are they financially? Is this are they ready for this? Like, is the money gonna? Are they willing to invest in a whole new timeline? Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Is is that I think they should stick with 10, 11, 12. The the already established Star Wars timeline is there, and then. I don't know, but then eventually they're going to have to branch off. Eventually we're going to have to do something completely new in with Star Wars. Um, but I don't I don't know if if we're ready yet for that. The sad thing about this is, is that they're going to run this trilogy into the ground and then <laughs> they're going to reboot a new hope. No, I don't think I don't think <laughs> no, they're no, ever going to reboot. I'm going to. But what other franchise in cinema has this problem? Marvel, uh, kind of no. I mean, Marvel has been running since the seventies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as far yeah. as like you know the the original continuity, the stories that people grew to love. I don't know of another Hollywood or you know media franchise that has the same problem that Star Wars does. And they've been good not to like fully reboot. I mean, some people would say the Force <laughs> Awakens was kind of a reboot. Um, but it it wasn't in a way, and it did set us up with new characters. I just I don't know because you say let's go somewhere else with it. So I think that's what Disney Plus is for. So mm -hmm. that like let's let if one of those Disney Plus series really takes off, that's outside of a Skywalker timeline. Um, maybe we'll get that you know uh, with some of the older stuff that we're going to be getting um, in Acolyte, but. I just I don't know outside of the Skywalker timeline if the money is there for Disney or Lucasfilm to say, I mean, why why abandon it? I, I just I don't see a real way for them out in the cinema to to escape the timeline until one of these Disney Plus shows establish a character love enough that we're like, okay, we'll we'll take the saga from here. It's yeah, a very difficult situation to be in. It's a very scary situation for for Star for for Star Wars and Disney to be like, okay, yeah, we could do a whole new Disney Plus show and see how it goes. We could we could pour millions of dollars into a Disney Plus show that's not involved in the Skywalker saga because everything we have now is still in the timeline that we've established from even from the High Republic to Episode Nine. Like it's all still in this timeline. Um, so to to think that they could create a show just over here no yeah. connection it, it's risky and i i think you might be onto something that a disney plus show is the right gamble to take if they were to do that like as a test kind of to just to say will the audience embrace a star wars show star wars story that is not included anywhere in any of the timelines like they know david what do you think do you think they should do a whole trilogy just off of the trilogy off of the skywalker timeline or should they do a star wars plus a star Wars, uh, disney plus show about that what do you think i have lots and lots of thoughts on this and i think it's just a simple slam dunk really i mean 
you have the ultimate cash cow put butts in seats character in, in Baby Yoda and Grogu. Oh. Make a Mandalorian film. Instead of making the season finale on Disney Plus, put it in the theater. I mean, it's yeah, it's that simple. I'm pointing well, to all three of us have Grogu on. <laughs> Pointed everywhere. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's really that simple, guys. I mean, bring it, bring in writers, find the best script. I mean, you got Filoni and Favreau right there. I'm pretty sure they want to do this big climactic event thing. Maybe that will be the movie. I don't know. But um, I've gotten a lot of pushback on doing 10, 11, 12 because it's, there seems to be a stigma with the whole Skywalker saga. Like, oh, that's done. Don't do it. Stay away from it. Palpatine's dead. Hopefully this time now. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Ray Skywalker, for better or worse, I mean, she has a lot of fans. Uh, there's a stigma that she's a Skywalker. Some people don't think that's the right that was a well, they're, just, they're, just mad that they're mad she's Mary Sue. But guess what? Daisy Ridley is a badass. And she's amazing inside of that character. And so yeah. I, I I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, if you don't like Daisy Ridley or you don't like Ray, get over it. <laughs> All right. I'm, see, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I've expressed my opinions. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've expressed my opinions a ton of times on here that I didn't quite think she was that kind of stereotypical Mary Sue type character because I made the analogy to like basketball when I when I was a little kid I had to learn to become good at basketball but some kids were just good like from the womb you know it's like how is this possible she you can say that about with, Annika too you can say that yeah, about she Annika. was just good with the force I mean and she had Palpatine lineage midichlorian levels you know I mean MC like, levels on. careful careful yeah. MC levels here but also they had to advance her to a point and even if they did advance her in what some would consider an unreasonable way, they had to do that for the sake of let's get the story going and let's get you guys the things that you want to see. I mean, did you really want to go? Would you rather uh, episode one, The Force Awakens, just been a, a Dagobah scene with Ray just sort of training the whole entire time? They, <laughs> they, they had to sort of just like jumpstart this thing and get it back going at theaters. And so. I have been a victim in the past of, of complaining about these movies. Every time they come on FX or whatever, they're, they're always on, right? I find myself watching them. Yeah. And so it's just at some point, and uh, people had this about the prequels too. And mm-hmm. it's just like uh, when a new Drake album comes out, I don't like it when I listen to it the first time. Three weeks later, I'm crying in the bathtub listening to it. <laughs> It's like sometimes you have to give things a little bit of time. And I think the sequels have, have level. I mean, you know, the, the casino, the, the casino thing, all that. I mean, there's things that we can complain about, but overall, I mean, I think they did okay with, with fumbling through directors and writers and uh, they came out the best that they could. I think we continue the storyline. And so, yeah, the Skywalkers are done. Palpatine is done, but the Skywalker timeline can't go past them. So to say that we're going to completely, is this a different universe? Is it a different galaxy? So your really only options to even transform that would be to go back in time or so far in time that it's that that was like, you know, so far away from us. So maybe Acolyte can give us a new trilogy. Uh, all, all I know like is pre, 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 prequel. 
if if they announce a new trilogy, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, all oh signed God. on again, I think that's 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 a lot of money. That's a ton because us fans are going to be like, oh, we're going to actually continue the story. But then also us fans are going to be like, okay, how are we, are they going to be able to keep it all together? Because, you know, the sequel trilogy was a little rocky. I still love it. I still adore those all three, all all nine movies. I I, I love all nine of those movies. But some people still think the sequel trilogy was kind of a, a, you know, just put together, you know, stitched together pretty roughly. And so it's like, okay, are, is is Disney gonna give us the a trilogy that's boom, 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 solid all the like, just completely solid all the way through? And I think people are 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 gonna be curious about that if they announce it's gonna be ten, eleven, twelve. I think everyone's gonna be really curious how it's gonna be handled. And Damon Lin, Damon Lindelof has proven to be a pretty damn good writer. I mean, you look at the stuff he's written, and he looks like some guy who's not just going to be like, I'm going to write one movie. Then I'm just going to just kind of pass it off. No, no. If they're going to complete their entire story, I'm curious. I'm, I'm super curious and I'm hoping it's 10, 11, 12. And so what are we going to call this trilogy? If you don't mind me asking. So the prequels were called the prequels, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy. What's what are we calling the next trilogy? Does anybody anybody have an idea? I have no um, idea. The um, you just call it the uh, the triad, maybe. Um, <laughs> the the trequel, the trequel, um, yeah, maybe it's or the, the trequel. yeah, the end, the conclusion trilogy. Ooh, there's yeah, a good one. Yeah. the oh. conclusion trilogy, but that's that's too uh, that's, 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 that's too fine a point on it, right? Yeah, yeah. true. Um, <laughs> But so, but but here's the problem that Star Wars is always going to have. <laughs> that and this it, it it comes back to very bare bones business. So, no studio is willing to take the risk that George Lucas and the studio took when he made A New Hope. You know what? Like what a risk that was. Do you know like the, the <laughs> like no studios to make something that endears and is loved by so many people worldwide is not going to come from this cushion padded room where, you know, everybody gets what they want, whatever, you know, it's George Lucas built this dream and this vision on extreme risk. I say, if I'm Disney, I say, let's take a risk and let's do something different. Let's do something out of the norm, let's consult George on what he thinks that would be. And if we can't make this work, we have to sell the franchise. And because you're just, you're not going to be able to recreate what he did unless you take a major risk. And the fans might hate it because they might hate who you put in place. And if you can't keep the franchise going, and if you're getting that much backlash, and Disney Plus isn't increasing that much in subscriptions, and you don't really have movies and cinemas, maybe it's time to sell the franchise. And so I say take a huge risk. If it doesn't work, sell the franchise. Take the biggest risk you possibly can. And they would kick me out of the boardroom if I said that. But I think there, <laughs> but I think there would be some fans who have my back. No one would. No, no nobody wants to buy it. Nobody could buy it. Like, I think no, but they could buy it from Disney at their asking price. But we did just get a new CEO, right? 
And so he might be able to, he might be shifting wow. like priorities. If there's no movies in cinemas and nothing looks like it's going to make 500 mil, nothing's going to make a billion. He might, he might sell at a discount. I mean, who knows? I mean, the only thing that Disney's making off Star Wars right now is uh, merch and then um, the park, right? Mm-hmm. But all of that can be shifted and moved in a heartbeat. And you're hearing about talking about leaving Florida after the tax thing. I mean, all this stuff. Um, I don't think everything's as permanent as it seems. The numbers are so far above our heads as normal people. It's like, it seems to think, oh my gosh, they, they couldn't. But I mean, the people in, in control of these things can move mountains. And they can create them too. And so I just, I don't know. It's either take a risk or drive this franchise so far into the ground that everybody hates you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Am I too Sith? Is it too uh, Sith or Jedi for me right now? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Um, a little, it's a little, but but I I, I, I respect a little gray Jedi. (laughs) Your view, your view of that. that. That's, that's pretty intense. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah. In my opinion, Disney will never sell Star Wars. It's gonna have to be a very, very dark day for Disney, where they're like needing to come out of bankruptcy, which is not gonna be anytime soon. But as I mean, fan, you just saw they fired seven thousand employees. So I mean, they can always kind of recoup whatever money that they're losing some way somehow. They can raise park prices. I mean, aside from all that, though, I, I think Star Wars is safe at disney i don't think they would ever unless there was a major acquisition um by something like apple buying disney and then apple restructuring or doing some type of deal like a almost like a sports trade we trade star wars for dc or something like that i don't know but i think that's kind of very not probable uh but going back to i think the first point that i was trying to make with these uh this new film that's going to be announced. I think the popular report is that it's going to be one film. It's not going to be, they didn't specifically say yes or no for it to be 10, 11, 12 or in a Skywalker timeline or anything like that. They did say though, that it will be after the sequel trilogy and possibly having a sequel trilogy character show up for like a cameo or something. So that's kind of the popular report, but, um, those reports where, can be wrong. Where, where, where's Cameron Monaghan? Yeah, that's that's the big kind of head scratcher there. We talk about that all the time on the podcast. You cast Cameron Monaghan as this now beloved character in Star Wars video games. He he can act. Have him in his. You can have him in his own trilogy, his own he's, TV he's show. Age appropriate. Knows how to act. You. They didn't even need a major actor to make this video game. They yeah. could have just made a character. Yeah, yeah and, and they specifically chose him and his <laughs> yeah. likeness for yeah. a reason. And you know what it's like? Well, David's pushing me back on this. I think if there's potential that he's in the Mando, and that's why they pushed the, the game back. But, uh, no, not the Mando, sorry, uh, Survivor, Jedi Survivor. And that's why they pushed Mando back. No. Reverse, you had it right. They pushed okay. Jedi Survivor back yeah. because Mando's yeah, gonna yeah. come out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, at some point they have to use them. If if I'm Cameron Monaghan, I have beef right now. Oh no, De- most definitely. I'm, but I'm pretty sure he is promised something. I'm pretty sure when he signed the deal, it was like you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in some stuff, not just the game. You're gonna be in some stuff, and I'm pretty sure he even said, if you're gonna use my likeness, you have to put me 
in something. So I'm thinking BBY timeline. He could be in Ahsoka, right? And he could be in Mandalorian. On BBY Mandalorian, timeline, they'll, they'll have to make him a little bit older for Mando. Way older. <laughs> but for Ahsoka, that kind of fits where yeah. the timeline is for Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, but actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. Because Ahsoka well, is taking place he was around what, the same 15, time as Mando. 15 BBY? No, not before the Battle of the Oven. This is after. This is like ABY. Yeah, right? yeah no, because we're, we're thinking about yeah, we're thinking about like Rogue One timeline, but that very season fina- or series finale aspect of it when we saw Soak of the White, that was actually after Return the, the events of her episode in Mandalorian season two. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, just, it's after Return of the Jedi. So yeah, he'd be an old man. Wouldn't it be sick if he survived? If- if I, I think one thing that at least for Star Wars fans, I don't know if normies would hop on it as much, but if for Star Wars fans, if we had like a Cameron Monaghan movie or like yeah. a, it's oh, that's yeah. another slam dunk. That's another slam dunk. That yeah. a Baby Yoda film trilogy. I mean, if they really want to make money, it's like well, Yoda. Li- I mean, Baby Yoda lives for so. I mean, you, you know that species, whatever it is, we don't right. know. Right. Um, would live for so long that it could definitely be in a it doesn't matter what the bby is or aby is right so right once the mandalorian show finishes you can still continue with the adventures of of grogu i wouldn't call it that but the the adventures of grogu david i'm gonna puke could you imagine just the title just the title like you'd see a teaser trailer and it just says grogu and on the bottom a star wars story like people would lose <laughs> their freaking minds yeah if they, if they announce that grogu a star wars story oh for Cause, sure because like I, i've joked around my wife has like whenever they announced the uh, the book of boba fett my wife was like i don't care about boba fett i want to see the grogu that's the name. The show is called the Grogu. The baby Yoda show. Yeah, here all the time. <laughs> that's, that was her thing. Yeah, you I can show wait. his training, mm-hmm. who taught him. You can sh- you show prequel era stuff. They got the sets for it. They got the physical clone trooper armor. They can redeploy. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's that's another that's a slam dunk. I don't understand why well, Star well, Wars is so us, precious with all these releases. Like they won't give us. I don't what know. We want what? I mean, what is it about the studio? Because, I mean, I, I, I bet if we were to do a roundtable here without even skipping a person, we could mention 10 stories from the timeline we already have that we would love to see, whether that be a show, whether that be a movie, whether it be anything. Why does the, st- why does the studio refuse to capitalize on these things that they know that we want? What I... is the it, it's almost like the girl who like she knows she likes you and, you know, you like her, but like. She's like not willing to go on the date. <laughs> I okay. I have. I know why. I know why they are scared. Solo, I think Solo scared them so much. They they are like we are only going to invest in things we know are going to make money. Like we're not going to try to be like oh this 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 is fun this is cool this is an exciting story. It didn't make the money they wanted. I think that scared the studio and scared Disney. And they said, Oh, we need to just give the fans what we know for a fact is going to sell. Nothing that we think is going to sell. We know for a fact is going to make us a lot of money. So I think with like future projects, they are terrified of what can happen, which is why Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to Disney plus book of Boba Fett goes, uh, the Boba Fett movie went to Disney plus 
this Mandalorian thing that Favreau wrote, which was, I think you said it was a Boba Fett movie originally, right, David? Like the uh, Mandalorian. Favreau wanted to do a Boba Fett yes. film, movie, but they yeah. said, no, James Mangold is doing the film. Exactly. Or so, I believe it was the other director before him. Um, Josh Trank. Josh Trank, yeah. Yeah, Josh Trank. And then James Mangold took over. Yeah, and then, apparently. I mean. But no one wants to own up to that. <laughs> yeah, no. But, the, yeah. but, but this is all Hollywood politics. Like, who cares? Like, just tell us the story. Like, you, you don't think like a. <laughs> let, let's say let's say you did six episode miniseries and it was like um da's luke and yoda on dagobah and they're that's another that's slam dunk that's a slam slam dunk. A um you did uh i mean just there's so like many things <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah. you know you know how they did gotham awesome, James. You, you know how they did gotham where it was like yeah. a young bruce wayne and young gotham yes you could, set, you could set that up on tatooine with luke and all that where you don't even have like you know what I mean? Like you could like tell that tale of Tatooine and yeah, him but, and his interaction with his friends. There's so many stories that you could tell that I think all, would make money. But they're all going to go to Disney Plus. Those stories that we just said cannot be movies because Disney, Disney Plus doesn't scared. make any money, right? They, I mean, it's making them a little it's bit plateaued. of money. It's plateaued, really. Yeah, because yeah. the, well, everything because they've been releasing has once been you that subscribe, great. you're subscribed. So like, yeah, but you can cancel anytime. Exactly, but so like. If you have a hit show, it doesn't exactly. Netflix had this problem, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, and so it's the same thing. Like the streaming services are eventually uh, all going to run into the same problem. Yeah, unless they're eventually unless... going to go back to cable. That yeah. whole kind of paradigm, exactly. Or they're going to have to put ads on the platform because that's that's what boosts TV shows. Yes, and that's what boosts certain things. Like, um, I would consider HBO Max to be like the golden echelon of like actual good storytelling and and but they're they're sort of like in their own category that's like a that's like a bugatti like that's <laughs> not not everybody can 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 buy but it, it's like its own thing right like Leo has the sopranos and they yeah. just reign supreme over everybody for that yeah oh 100 well sex in the city the wire the wire I mean, yeah i mean i mean you can go on and on they have some of the best tv shows of all time and Disney's demo is not built for that because adults and children, uh, Disney wants to captivate children. They always have. Because the reason, if you can captivate children, if you can catch someone at a young age, then you have a customer for life. If you if you catch an adult here and you're like, oh, well, I'm very excited about this, you have them for a certain amount of time. So Disney's business model is built on catch them young, keep them a customer for life. And... HBO's model's like, let me give some like uh, older teens and adults the best things they ever saw. And so that's like, there's a there's a difference in creativity. There's a difference in how you spend money. Yeah, there's yeah. a difference all, all around together. And so um, I wasn't super happy about Disney purchasing the franchise. Um, I thought it would give it longevity. I was happy about that. I was very happy in, in the fact that there would be some money behind some of these projects. But, you know, when you nerf everything, it, you know, doesn't give the same weight, right, to adults who watch this. And I don't think Disney is thinking about me, you, or David. <laughs> I, I don't think me, you, or David comes into their considerations whatsoever. I don't think it's like toddlers either. I think it's like, I think when they're thinking about building these movies, I think they're thinking about people probably seven 
to 10 years younger than us. I mean, then again, that's who George Lucas made Star Wars for in the first place, made it for 12 year old yes. boys. And yeah. we grew up, look at us, we're still, we're still, we're still there. But, um, <laughs> We're still yeah. arguing about it, yeah. yeah. We're still we're still arguing about it. Like this this is us in the playground, just just now we're virtually. Like we're doing this arguing about Star Wars on the, on the playground. I mean, I mean that's an interesting way to to look at it. It, it. But I just I just think I just think Disney is scared, and that's why they're waiting so long for us to for them to us to, for them to be like. Hey, here's uh, here's a movie. It's uh, it's not promised a trilogy, but if you like it, great. If not, it's it's still a Star Wars movie. You know, like it's like they're terrified to tell us anything, and it's yeah. so bizarre that that's well, the case. Well, yeah. well, Liam Neeson actually came oh, out yeah. was it, like a day ago, <laughs> and well, I mean, I'm not gonna you know quote his whole thing, but basically he said that you know releasing so much um, takes away from some of the mystery. I think that was his overall point i think he's just mad he didn't get his own show no i'm kidding um no no he I, should be mad that he we should have more quagon honestly but I, and maybe he was told differently than that early I on because he, he did the voice for tales of the jedi and then of course he did the cameo at the end of uh obi-wan kenobi um i don't know i mean i it's, it's so funny i'm not i'm not trying to be a jerk but some of the older crowd involved with star wars has very high opinions about Star Wars compared to us, like yeah. like Marsha Lucas, how she spoke about the sequel trilogy, and, you know, it's kind of the same. Like, she's like this is what Star Wars is. This is what it should be. What they're doing is not right. And then it's like, okay. And then Liam Neeson's like, hey, them releasing Star Wars like this is not right. And it's really, it's really. And yet shocking. he appeared in Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. Then he he shows up in Obi Wan Kenobi. It's like, come on, man. But i i i'm i'm in the mindset and david i'm with david 100 percent. where it's like we should be getting star wars every year we should be getting star wars something something yeah. all the time and there's still enough mystery that they're never gonna answer every single question for us like there's we still have questions from from this from the original trilogy we have no idea about we just accept well it. but and it's just and also that's why tales of the jedi there's a couple of those episodes that i was jaw dropped gobsmacked on the edge of my seat for <laughs> like no seriously like that that scene with yaddle and uh, dooku i mean oh my god and yeah. i mean so I, there's a lot of lore to explore and i exactly. think that's but i think that they've put dave in that category of almost customer success manager he's almost um customer service where it's like we're gonna put out a bunch of shit that pisses people off but you, we need you to make them. We feel need you okay to make sure it. everyone's you happy know, with something. Yeah. You know, we need an empathy episode. We need a, we need an empathy statement of, hey, I'm sorry, sir. I know you're having a difficult time with this, but you know, maybe we can make it right with a ten dollar credit. I think that they've taken Dave Filoni's, <laughs> they've taken Dave Filoni's genius and made him a, a customer service rep, where every time that the studio pisses us off, sorry if this is uh, Star Wars stuff after dark. Um, but they make him into a customer service rep where they're like, okay, Dave, we'll give him something they like. And he's like, here's Ahsoka and I'm bringing in the cast of rebels and I'm going to finish the finale of rebels that we've all been wondering about. And it's like, I think yes, they need to Feige him already. He needs to be Feige. He's almost Feige, but he, he needs to be in control of every creative property that is released, whether it's a new timeline, whether it's an old timeline, 
there is no one more qualified than anything. But that's why he's he's cre- he's the uh, creative, right? He's a creative executive. Of- for sure, but I don't think that, I, you know, and he might have the same title. But so, for example, I'm in sales. So, and, and my target uh, that I usually attack is IT directors, IT directors, IT directors, because I sell cybersecurity. So, um, depending on the level of company I'm reaching out to, an IT director might have a different set of job functions. Mm-hmm. So, like oh, a, a bigger... You see what I'm saying? So like having the same title doesn't mean you have the same job functions. So just because I reach out to an IT director doesn't mean one, they're a decision maker. It also doesn't mean that they handle all the duties that an IT director at another company does. Right. So and I, it works this way in, in Hollywood studios as well. I just think that uh, Feige has much more creative control over Marvel than Dave Filoni has over Star Wars content um, as as a whole. I agree. But one day Dave Filoni is going to, I think <laughs> I, I give it a few more years and Filoni is probably going to, depending on how great Ahsoka does, I think that's going to help him out a lot more. And I cannot him. wait. And Acolyte, I think Acolyte is actually what, if they, if they do Acolyte the right way, it might be what we're asking for, where we want a story that's familiar to us. We want um, some of the lore that's very familiar to us. We want some questions answered, but it's also so far away from the timeline that we're used to. You see what I'm saying? If, if they do Acolyte the right way, that might be their gateway into a new, a whole new set of films. A whole new. I I still play Knights of the Old, you know Knights of the, on the computer. Knights of the Old Republic. I still play that to this day. And it's just a pixelated, stupid. It's, it's like it's like RuneScape, but Star Wars, right? Um, There's a I remastered still, version of it. Actually, you can download. I, I have it on Steam, but I mean remaster. I mean it's still like PlayStation Two tops, right? So I yeah, mean, yeah, Xbox One. Yeah, so, yeah so, or not so the like, one, but the first gen. But I'm still obsessed with the story. I'm still obsessed with being in this world. I'm still yeah, it's obsessed. Another slam dunk. So with everything down, that that's going on there, so I think there's a lot of potential for this universe moving forward. I think Disney though has to take a risk at some point and say we're going to do this. Yeah, I I think we have to really kind of preface all this what we're saying with the fact that it's easy to say all this stuff because yeah. in the end you got to be able to schedule all this stuff put all this stuff in budgets. Um, look at Pedro Pascal. He signed a deal with HBO Max to do The Last of Us. He wasn't he wasn't really on on the set from Mando season three. He recorded his voice. And of course, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder got most of the acting in the suit done. Um, that's what we're that's what we're kind of assuming unless they got another actor. Uh, but I mean it's it's hard to make a movie. It's almost impossible to make a good movie. I mean, that's kind of the reality of it. But, I mean, it's it's interesting to see who's going to replace Kathleen Kennedy if she does retire at the end of her contract. You alluded to the fact that you want Dave Filoni to be a Feige-type character for Lucasfilm, but I just don't think that's in his wheelhouse, really, and it, it, I don't think that's what he desires. I think he desires control in like a, like as an overseer and be able to kind of give his thoughts and opinions on just about everything that they're doing be like just 
be like the Lucas of the all the projects, all the films, kind of like how Lucas was with the films originally, kind of like that whole rumor that people think that Lucas pretty much directed Return of the Jedi because he was always on set and Richard Marquand uh, got the credit, but a lot of people think that Lucas had uh, more influence than than people think and what they kind of reported, but. I think Feige might be the Feige of Lucasfilm as soon as <laughs> the contract ends for Kathleen Kennedy. Nah, not on the I think he might force, move but... on from the MCU to this because it feels like he is kind of grooming some people over there on the Marvel side of the house, which would be, which would be fantastic. I'm a huge Feige fan. I would love for him to come over. He um, might take and... over. He might be head of both. I think that's but... not feasible man that's way too much work well, well when that's... you talk about desires right so you you mentioned dave filoni may it may not be his desire but what, when i think about like for example and this might be a little bit deeper than star wars um let's say you're electing uh, a leader or a mayor or a president or a senator whoever it might be sometimes it's not it's actually worse to elect someone who has the desire for the job because that means you want it so bad that in f- you're corruptible. So it's like um, you actually want the person that you respect enough, you know enough about it, and you almost have to like force into the role to say you're the person for this. And the sometimes the best person isn't the one who wants it the most. Because when you want it the most, if you really want to be president of the United States and that's your only desire in the world, um, you're probably not going to be a great leader. <laughs> because because your desires outweigh you know um, the the will of the people, and so when you're head of a studio, it's kind of the same. Like it's obvious that that Filoni, regardless of his his desires, is meant for this position. I don't. I totally hundred percent disagree with that. I think it's got to be an executive type. Filoni's not executive. He's a creative, and he wants to concentrate on creative. He's already kind of made. And I think that that's where he wants to be. And I think he's already gotten to the absolute top of creative at Lucasfilm. And he just wants someone in charge that's going to kind of understand what's going on. And I think Kathleen Kennedy kind of understands who Dave Filoni is now from all from everything that he's been involved with in live action. I think that was the one thing against Dave Filoni had was no live action experience. But once he directed that first episode of Mando and worked with Favreau so well, Favreau kind of brought him along. Filoni was there on set with Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi trying to learn how to do the live action thing. And I think that Filoni is kind of the keeper of the flame now. He was taught directly under George Lucas how Star Wars should be made and what Star Wars is. And now if he passes that on and wants to do something else, that would totally shock me or be this executive numbers cruncher type person or something akin to that. I don't, I don't think that's what Filoni wants. Um, I don't really get that from him. But like I said, if Feige comes over or if we find someone like a Feige, although we really don't need it because I always point to the DC model because they have Saffron and Gunn now running DC. You have a creative and an ex- executive, and Gunn is the face of creative, and he handles all that. And we kind of have that now with Filoni. It's just, I think it's taken Star Wars under Disney a while to get to the point where they're at now. And I think for someone that is at the top, 
they need to recognize, I think, what Filoni really truly is and someone that knows kind of what Star Wars is, the, the kind of rules of Star Wars, and have him not spread too thin because it's it's gonna be it's gonna get crazy if we're gonna have all these projects. And from my understanding, he had nothing to do with Andor, which was a very adult oriented show. I know you mentioned how Disney is not going to that realm of of entertainment. But if you look at Disney Plus, every time I go to Disney Plus, I have to type in a code so I can access all their content, which has adult material in it. And then we have Andor. Well, well we get season to two. Prefaces. Being boring for kids and being adult oriented are two different things. Is <laughs> there two different things? Like Andor wasn't adult themed in my opinion i'm an adult i watched it i i thought it was probably boring for kids i thought it was a pretty good show i thought it you know it, it was definitely themed in a certain way but i wouldn't say it was adult oriented um so just because it's not geared for kids doesn't mean like it's adult oriented. like the last of us is much more adult oriented than like andor and like so if you like you were to compare those two i would say that uh, andor was not like adult themed in any way well, I think it was. I mean, you've never seen some of the things that they had in Andor and anything Star Wars related. And I think they gave Tony Gilroy kind of carte blanche to do what he wanted. And No, and I agree. And I, I yeah. love that, too. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, to me, it wasn't like the most adult thing that I've ever seen. But it's, it wasn't the most kid thing that I've ever seen, either. And yeah, I mean, they're, it's they're... been so different on Disney+, Plus because we're not used to getting that type of content. Yeah. on Disney Plus. But it's not like they were dropping F bombs left and right or there were people hooking up or you know they almost did. <laughs> I, I, I almost was, dropped one. It it was it was close, but um I, I think when it comes to um Filoni, like at some point like once you hit that that position, like can't you build a cabinet? I mean can't you get people around you who crunch numbers and do that type of work while you just sort of check off on the projects that come through? Um, yeah, he's just not in that position right now. I, I I think he's more so in that position than I think people think, but he's not kind of like an absolute overseer of everything because I think the buck stops with Kathleen Kennedy. She greenlights everything and she approves everything. So would and, you say? And because and again, I just I'm curious. This is I'm just speculating here. Mm -hmm. What franchise has Kathleen Kennedy ever like done well with? Like grown and like. Fans are like, we love that. Back to the Future. Indiana Jones. No, but I mean, not started. adult oriented. No, I'm I'm saying not started. She was on. She was on Jurassic Park too, right? Like the first couple. So yeah, I'm saying pretty much everything Spielberg. Say, <laughs> so I'm saying you had great, incredible movies that were built that she was just like in charge of, and but it wasn't her doing that made those movies great, and then. She took charge of those franchises afterwards, sequels and stuff moving forward. And most of the franchises she's been in charge of have, have definitely steadily dropped off. I mean, when's the last time someone said, Oh wow, I love that Jurassic Park movie? Well, she, didn't the, uh, she didn't yeah, do the she didn't do the last Yeah, yeah, uh, but her yeah, but again, Michelle did uh Jurassic did the Jurassic World stuff. She did uh, the Jurassic Park Lost World and Jurassic Park three. And so but again, so that's a steady drop off, right? And then so uh let's think about back to the future. Um, pretty good steady drop off there. What about Star Wars? Pretty good steady drop off there. She's never grown anything. Everything that she's been a part of, the first movie blew up. 
and was incredible. And then afterwards, everything was in a steady decline. It, the, she, was, name, but she wasn't part of creating, one thing though. She, she, was, she was like the numbers side of the house. She was getting stuff done. She was making right. phone calls. But none, none of those movies made like their numbers. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, not to what they could have. I'm just saying, I don't think that she's ever added anything to the pot that like grew something. Nothing under her grew. It, everything is actually in decline with Kathleen Kennedy. And but, I, I, well, I mean, films really don't grow per se. I mean, can we point to a fr- the only franchise I can think of where every single film was just maybe a ten out of ten is maybe the original trilogy, Star Wars, um, Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's rare though. I mean it. I think it's a little unfair well, to say. Haven't the Creed movies done well uh, compared to the Rocky movies when they like like box office when they came out? Um, I don't I th- know. I'm not. Think- I'm not that big a fan of the Creed movies. I think those are a little overhyped. I, all all I opinion. know is is that, that Kathleen Kennedy has <laughs> a record of things declining under her reign. That's all, and it, maybe that's a case of the industry. Maybe that's not a Kathleen. Kennedy thing. So I'm not assigning that to her and I'm definitely not uh, putting her on trial here. All I'm saying is, is that there's no reason not to shake it up a little bit and see what some, what, what else we can do because I can't like point to like one success that's like sustained over time. And I do hear a lot of complaints to the opposite though. Right. So it's like, well, we don't really like the direction that this is going, especially when uh, the sequel trilogy came out. I mean, people were very upset and they didn't like a lot of the things that, that she had been doing. And maybe she wasn't a part of Jurassic World, but I mean, it wasn't that, her husband was that guy, right? I mean, it was like, it's still her. So we've... <laughs> Marshall's his own producer. He he doesn't need his wife's help for for these movies. Well, just, like just, uh, just like she, she doesn't need his thing. help for Star Wars, you know? Well I, well, I don't really need help paying the bills in the house, but I still sleep next to her and she helps me with them. Fair enough. But I mean, come on. I mean, at some point, you know, all I'm saying is, is I think that Star Wars could use just a good, um, and even if you keep everybody in the same place, maybe you just shake it up and say, hey, everyone has different things. Let's just try something different. Well, we can kind of point to that with The Last Jedi. <laughs> well, on that note, on that note yeah. I, I, I do have to go, guys. I do have to go. I'm sorry. But, uh, but y'all keep going. Keep going. Sorry, I just, but I do have to go, unfortunately. Um, I hope to continue this conversation one day with y'all very, very soon. Right. I wish I wish I could grow a beard like you. How do you keep it? Just it's all around. the. I mean, it's it's so see, I get like uh, I can't grow it in here. You have the it, whole thing. Going. Yeah, I got the whole <laughs> the you, whole thing. You, you look great. You look like I'm you just got off an island. You you <laughs> you weren't here for the beginning of the conversation. But I'm probably going to go shave it off right now before I go to bed. So um, do not do that. Just just letting you know. Do it grows do. back in like two days, man. It's going to grow back. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. So, well, all we'll, right, guys. Jim. I'll talk to y'all later. Y'all keep going. May the force be with y'all. All right. Likewise, James. So the other story here uh, that uh, Maka here alluded to was the fact that the uh, rumors are circling again of Boba Fett season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a story out there that I kind of wanted to touch on from Bestman Bulletin here. Um, states that the third season of the Disney Plus phenomenon, The Mandalorian, is due to hit our screens 
on March 1st. I have a picture here, actually, of the article. Um, and the series uh, begins filming towards the tail end of September 2021 and wrapped principal photography in March of last year. But just mere months after the season wrapped, creator John Favreau revealed he was already hard at work writing a fourth season of the series and confirmed earlier today. And he's completed writing The Mandalorian Season 4, which is brand new news. Um, today, a new report claims that uh, the fourth season of the series, which, thanks to Favreau, we know, has been in development for quite some time and seemingly ready to go, will begin filming this October at Manhattan Beach Studios, where they always film in California. The outlet added that the new armor for Moff Gideon, Gideon-specific stormtroopers, uh, I think there's a little spoilery here. <laughs> uh, the outlets, uh, sources working on FET-related material believe that they're prepping for a second season of the hit series. So that was something that we talked about a little while back uh, when there was like a pamphlet from like a Latin American country uh, that talked about Boba Fett season two. So that season was kind of controversial. I think a lot of general public, a lot of um, kind of on the surface fans of Star Wars, people that are outside of our bubble um, weren't that um, fond, I guess you would say, of the Book of Boba Fett. But there were some aspects of it that people will point to on occasion that, I mean, it, it's, it's a series that is controversial, but there are parts of it that I really loved. I really love the aspect of the sand people or the Tuscan Raiders uh, and the journey of Boba Fett um, kind of being pulled into their tribe. Uh, I know Robert Rodriguez had that excellent Mandalorian season two episode with the introduction, the reintroduction of Tamira Morrison coming back as Boba Fett. And we all thought we were going to get that Boba Fett in a show where we got a lot more um, civilized Boba Fett. But there are many, many scenes. And of course, the two episodes where Din Djarin and Grogu were featured, that caused quite a bit of stir. But mm -hmm. I think with all the criticism and everything that Jon Favreau has seen, I think it, it, it's going to really kind of change I want to say how the second season for Book of Boba Fett is going to go and what the final product is going to be and I think that's going to be for the better I, I think he really embraced Boba Fett and we were at Celebration and all the Boba Fett props were displayed out and uh, getting to see Black Chrysanthemum in person the suit uh, getting to see Max Rebo of course in the corner, the the working Bantha. It was all, it was all really really cool to see that. And it felt like Farrow was really really proud of it. He was walking around early on when they opened the doors for that exhibit at Celebration, and it feels like Boba Fett is is going to be in Mando season three because there was an there was an Empire cover for Empire magazine where you see all the helmets. And one of the helmets, I mean, it, it has the dent in the helmet and it has the antenna and it looks like Boba mm -hmm. Fett. And it shocks me to think that people think that Boba Fett is not going to be in Mando season three. I mean, it, it, it 
kind of feels like a foregone conclusion to me. What do you think about Matty B? I mean, Boba Fett showing back up in Mando season, would that shock you? Did you not think he was going to show up? No, I want him to show up. And in fact, yeah. I'm I'm not on the train of the um, Boba Fett hate um, as far as that, that show goes. I think Tamara Morrison wanted to explore the character. Yeah. I think that he wanted to show different sides of Boba Fett. It, um, based on like the lore and like what we got in movies and some other things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a hardened guy. And, but I, I really think Tamara, like he, he, if you listen to him on panels, if you listen to him in interviews, he cares about this character and he's thought about this character. And I think that the writers of the show were interested in his take on that and wanted to let him explore the character a little bit. And, Maybe it wasn't your favorite Boba Fett ever. Um, but I also think he was a victim of the writing. That I, I, There's a big theory out there, or like a lot of people think, that um, Boba Fett was struggling, so they just turned it into Mando 2.5, right? Or like Mando 1.5 or whatever it was. So it's like uh, the show's struggling, so now we're going to bring in Din Djarin and we're going to get this Grogu thing, and we're going to have Luke Skywalker come in at the end, right? Yeah, and it doesn't work like that because they already shot it. Before. They already shot everything, and yeah. so I just I I'm not on the on the wagon. I, I think Tamara Morrison. Um, I, I'm excited to see him in any role that he wants to play. A- again, for any haters out there watching this at all, please just type in Tamara Morrison panels. Please type in Tamara Morrison speaks on Boba Fett. Please type in any of that information. This guy feels like he is Boba Fett. He like he feels like he is him. And so let him explore the character a little bit and not to mention some of the other characters that we got. And <laughs> come on, Cat Bane. I mean, like, I thought the show uh, it played. If you think the, the Mando is kind of a Western. Boba Fett was a full blown Western for at least for the first four episodes. Right. Well, most of the way through, I mean, the the kind of showdown up, the okay and, up until was... it became basically the Mando show because it did kind of do that. <laughs> well, yeah, it veered yeah. off for those two episodes where you get the conclusion yeah. of Mando yeah. season two and getting Grogu so, back. But and... other than that, it's a full blown western, dude. Yeah. And it was sick. Cad Bane, I thought, was amazing when when he when he that gravelly voice when he was like, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, um. I'm fully down for uh, Boba Fett in Mando the next season, and I'm definitely down for Boba Fett season two. There's there's nothing that I can point to that would make me say otherwise. I thought I thought they were both awesome, and so I, I guess I just don't have that much on it because I can't see eye to eye with people who thought that that Boba Fett wasn't a good show. Book yeah. of Boba was like, you know what I mean? It's like I, I thought it was a good show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it had a lot of great points and a lot of great scenes and a lot of memorable stuff. I think the introduction of Black Chrysanthemum was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think the continuation of Din Djarin and Grogu's storyline weaved into the Book of Boba Fett was, was terrific. Ahsoka. Um, I mean, it's like it had everything. Yeah, we get that kind of question answered. Uh, did Luke and Ahsoka kind of know each other and have a relationship? The answer is yes. So 100% and the way that they were talking and when she said to him, I mean, there's some moments in the book of Boba Fett that if you're a Star Wars fan and you say you don't like this show, I have to, I have to kind of question you a little bit on whether you like Star Wars or not. 
when you think <laughs> of that, no, seriously, when you think yeah. of that scene, even that alone of Ahsoka and Luke and her just saying, you're a lot like your father. I think it was along the lines of what she said. Yeah. Just like your father. I, you're just like your father and him sort of taking that as a compliment, but also kind of like, well, what does that right. mean to you? Right. So, and she knows more about his dad than, than he does. And so, right. um, but not even just like those parts of it, because everyone likes those parts. Uh, again, like you talk about with the sand people and him becoming that crime boss and, but not running it like the huts do. Like say, like he does still have a little bit of compassion in this world. Like the huts were just like vicious, you know, killers. They had no care for humanity. They had no care for the soul. They were just in it for the money. And, and they, you can't, you can't even bargain with them. He was at least a reasonable person. And that, and that, that sets up his character in such a way that like, um, obviously he would think that way. He's a human, right? Um, I, I, I thought that I thought the show was great. I thought it was just as good as, as some of the other things. Um, I did find it odd, though, that the writers kind of shifted into the, the the mode that they did. But I think, do you think that was like a timeline thing? Like they thought that other shows would kind of be closer to it than it actually ended up being? Like maybe some things would be a little bit closer than, and because of COVID and everything, a lot of things got pushed. Like when they wrote the initial series, do you think they thought that some things would be a little bit closer to it? Uh, I know some things did get shuffled around, but I think Favreau did an interview where he kind of talked about that nothing was really that much affected as far as the Book of Boba Fett stuff goes. Because I know people point to, okay, well, it was kind of like a pseudo 2.5 season, but it feels like Favreau's trying to convey that, no, this was his plan all along, which, I mean, it feels like that can, that that's, exactly what happened but the, <laughs> of course you have the cynics out there that, that think that yeah it's that they're trying to reinstitute grogu back in there and he did come out and say to the public he, he gave his reasoning for grogu coming back and that there wasn't like disney executive pressure to bring him back favreau stated it was his kind of plan and story all along to reunite them back well and- he's a holistic part of the story yeah. Like, like, I, and I think that um, because people were introduced into Mando, uh, Grogu in Mando, that they think that that's just like a Mando thing. It's becoming more and more clear, even with um, the trailers and the teasers that we have for um, Mando's, you know, season three. This is Grogu is a holistic part of the story. He might be the Mandalorian. He might be the title of the show. We don't really know. We don't. Yet, we don't know. know. But he was there in Order sixty six. He's going to be there much after that. So it's like uh, when John, when you're writing this before the fans see it, I can see how like he would have this like idea of like, no, we, no, we didn't just bring that in because Disney wanted us to bring that in. Um, we, when we were writing this, Grogu was a holistic part of the, of this this whole story. This isn't like some one off toy selling thing, and maybe it does that, but we we never intended it for it to be that way. He's going to be a part of these stories moving forward. Yeah. I want to bring up this comment on YouTube from Jay Tilly. Um, our points that we we're making earlier about characters and shows that they can kind of spin off into films possibly. He says skeleton crew characters could also have a big impact on future Star Wars projects, depending on how well the show does. I mean, 
skeleton crew looks to be star wars stranger things vehicle for that demographic that crowd Mm -hmm. those types of actors young actors and um i hope it's a big hit it's gonna be chris ford and john watts doing this and john watts stepped away from the fantastic four film to do this so it's his idea uh favreau Kathleen Kennedy loved it. Uh, they pitched it to him. And Jude Law's involved. Of course, we all know that. Hoping to see a trailer at Celebration in London in a month and a half's time. So, pretty close. Dude, and, I'm uh, so, so jealous of you for people to go. <laughs> Dude, you had to just bring that up. Humble brag from David there. <laughs> Shameless brag there from, from Dave. Uh, but, uh, no, Skeleton Crew definitely has some potential i don't know if i see anything in there that's like um i don't see anything in there that can carry the franchise well, if, the, if, the, if the kid actors are fantastic yeah absolutely yeah. bonkers talent not get out of the park yeah it, it it could be a thing it could be a big time thing where it's almost kind of like like a goonies like you know what i mean like yes. yeah exactly like a goonies type style thing we have that huge demographic with the kids watching Baby Yoda Grogu, wanting to see more of that. And they've kind of grown up a little bit. And now they can see people their age on screen and see how that works. And that that could be a total home run. I, I really hope it is. And um, just the fact that characters from the timeline of The Mandalorian, we could see them and it can intertwine into the grander kind of climactic event that... Uh, was talked about during that investor call that hopefully we get to see. So, yeah, and I, you know, and sometimes I know audience that I can kind of come across as a hate. I can tell you honestly, the <laughs> the only um, Star Wars show that I can genuine or movie that I can say I generally did not like is the Last Jedi. Um, I every uh, I love the Rebels. I, I mean, I love every animated series. I love Tales of the Jedi. I love The Mandalorian. I love Book of Boba Fett. I love the original tri- trilogy. I love the prequels. I love the sequel trilogy. Um, I love so many of these properties that I just say, give me more. Will I be critical sometimes about how certain things were went? And yeah, I might be. But guess what? That's just me just loving something in a way that I want other people to love it too. And that's just not always how things work, right? So the skeleton crew, if you pull it off, you do this Goonies thing and it's, I, it wouldn't be my thought. It wouldn't be what I would do, but I'm going to watch it and I'm probably going to like it. And if it takes off, I'm down for it. I want Star Wars to succeed no matter what, (laughs) no matter what it takes. I just want Star Wars to succeed and I want them to be the best that they can be. And, you know, it's not going to be like some of the other franchises. It never was it from the beginning, you know? And so, you know, I'm down for yeah, whatever. They Dave. definitely, yeah, they definitely got the content and the back catalog to make live action stuff <laughs> for the theaters that yeah. will make money. And it's, it's really shocking to me that they just don't roll all that stuff out first. You can knock it out. And then after we get all that stuff that we kind of, it feels like a no brain that most fans want. Then they can roll out the the new characters and new planets and the outer rim stuff, the stuff that the main characters from the Skywalker saga had no idea what was going on. And well, you know, Dave Filoni in the right drawer of his desk 
behind a <laughs> lock. You know, would, wouldn't you love to see his wish list? Or yeah, like th- I mean, I would, I would love picked. to have a a nice long dinner with him and just ask him questions about stuff, <laughs> and him not being able not to answer me. That would that would be awesome. That would be very very interesting. Yeah, where you, like you can see him just like wanting to talk to you. It's not like the dinner where it's like, oh, I'm ready to get out of here. But he's like, I can't tell you anything, but I want to tell you everything. <laughs> um, I can keep a secret. <laughs> yeah yeah you're really good at that you're running social media um but no it's uh it's been fun dave i, I appreciate you you having me on and um you know anytime you want to talk star wars i'm i'm always down i don't want to be sandpaper to your fan base though i'm I'm not a bad guy guys. <laughs> i'm not abrasive i i'm i'm more than willing to talk and, and love with you guys too so uh, well yeah we always want honest opinions and i think that's what gives a podcast, a show, it's um, kind of worth. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's just if you're going to regurgitate what the media says or what other people, other talking heads say. I mean, it's 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 kind of pointless. But yeah, yeah, we all have our different opinions. That's I think that's the beauty of podcasting. Yeah, for sure. And like, I didn't even know you. You sent me a message on Facebook, and you're like, "Hey, do you want a Star Wars podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like, I didn't know what our topics were or anything. So. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, if you just, know what's going on if you care about it. You're, yeah. You know what to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, before we go, though, I just wanted to uh, make mention of uh, the interview that uh, I did as well as Countdown to the Geekcast did uh, with Leilani Shu. I met her. Uh, she plays Tika in Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first Jawa that was given a name, a credited name, and also Leilani Shu, who's super cool to meet. If she rolls by your neck of the woods, definitely go out, see her, talk to her. She's... Um, Super cool. She will talk to you. She will tell you stories. Um, but yeah, I did an interview. I'm going to put that up on Patreon. Countdown City Geekcast also did an interview with her, with uh, General Kenobi, who you've seen on the podcast before. But yeah, she's super cool. I got uh, a Black Series Tika uh, action figure sign, so I thought that was cool. We got some prints of uh, with her signature on them as well. But yeah, I'd never met her before. Didn't know what to expect. But, uh, yeah, she's led a very, very interesting life. What's not on the interview is she is a um, as a music rep, and she's worked with some of the biggest acts in the, in the world. And uh, and when I say biggest acts, I'm, I really do mean biggest acts in the world. So um, look for the interview. Here's a little picture here of me talking to her. Um, but, yeah, she, she is a Jawa. She's been a Jawa in The Mandalorian Season 1, Season 2, Boba Fett, and... Of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, and very entertaining, very, very uh, cool person. So, yeah, look for that. She, she seemed like a firecracker. Um, yeah, yeah, she has, I don't want to say she's like Carrie Fisher, but she kind of has that same kind of like fun-loving attitude that, that Carrie had. And uh, yeah, she's a really cool person. I mean, she's 
she's been in the music industry for 30 years so she's she's very interesting to talk to and i i know she has a ton of stories and yeah she does lots of podcasts lots of conventions and that video um is actually i I think it's just on general kenobi's page so um Mm -hmm. once you check out david's go check out david's now uh on youtube and then afterwards check out general kenobi's um and then uh you know let us know what you think i was i was super jealous of you guys though i do know david from the picture that you just showed you were wearing a button up and a and a flat bill but i think for some of the pictures there weren't you in full armor just before that or was, did you have to do a yeah chain? so <laughs> i yeah i trooped i trooped with the 501st on saturday so i did the troop then see i didn't have the uh the interview books so i didn't know if they were going to allow me to do it because i know okay. countdown did and i was going to go there and kind of just I had never seen General Kenobi in person, so I met him in person for the first time. Legacy of Nerd was there as well. And Ted showed up, and uh, while I was getting dressed, they did the interview, so I came out in full A New Hope TIE pilot and um, saw them packing up to leave. <laughs> so I trooped for... I, I stood on my feet for about six hours that day. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, uh, she signed a lot of stuff. She signed Prince... She signed Black Series, Funko Pops. And it was cool to see her her interaction with, with people that were coming in and uh, the kids' interaction with with what she had to say and, and just to see them kind of in awe of the 501st and the Star Wars Society was there too. And uh, it, it was a cool vibe. Yeah, I can and... see what's his face behind his back because whenever he's doing the R two D two, he has to control it to a remote control. So I knew when he was standing there, he was making yeah. the R two beep. Uh, but he had yeah. that remote control behind his back the whole time. Uh, but the five hundred first is crazy. You guys have the sickest stuff I've ever seen in my life. When I mean, I mean, you guys have strict standards. It's like, I mean, you have to be you have to be dialed in. You look you look great. I I, I was like. See that black in the that black tie part of that. I was like, I know that's David. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you guys had a good time. I, I'm jealous that I'm here in Houston now, so I'll have to catch her if she comes over this way. But uh, yeah, go check those videos out, guys, and uh, show some love and support to the show. Subscribe to the Patreon. Do whatever you got to do, uh, but just give us some love, and we'll we'll keep giving you some Star Wars love. Yeah, for sure. And you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, yeah. So I'm Maddie B with the Countdown City Geekcast. Um, Maddie B underscore Geekcast on Twitter. Uh, on uh, you can find us at Countdown City Geeks on TikTok. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Uh, but just look up Maddie B Countdown City Geekcast and CountdownCityGeeks.com. We just launched the website. Articles every single day. Uh, it looks great. New logo. Um, and we're looking to just push the Texas geek culture forward. And um, you know, obviously, collaborating with people like David is a very important part of that. So I appreciate the time today for sure. Yeah, we're actually thinking about doing a, a collaboration uh, here pretty soon, kind of big one. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, definitely look for that. And uh, of course, if you're listening to us, watching us, I think you know where to find us. You can find us pretty much everywhere on social media: Instagram, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, Twitter at Stuff Pod. Uh, of course, support us on patreon where we try and drop as much content as we possibly can that interview is about to be up uh tiktok you can email us star stuff podcast at gmail.com of course we have a facebook page we have a group and uh if you go to apple or spotify to listen to us give us five stars write a review 
and uh, that's it. And any other uh, comments you got for the crowd here, Matty P? Uh, no, again, I just I'm so appreciative because uh, I'm known for Ghostbusters. I'm known for some other TV shows like The Last of Us. That's really what I follow. I'm not the biggest comic book nerd in the world. Um, but uh, anytime that I'm allowed to be on here, I'm so appreciative. So uh, Star <laughs> Wars is, we allow you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got banned by corporate for a while because I, <laughs> I called out that Bryce Dallas Howard was going to be Yaddle. I crystal ball, crystal ball. Um <laughs> But no, so uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, anytime I can talk about Star Wars, it's a good day for me. It's my number one. It's my number one love. All right. From Matty B from Countdown City Geekcast, my name is David, and may the Force be with you. Always.